Coming to you incredibly not live from the bowels of the Mushroom Kingdom, deep hundreds of feet underground in a small steel bunker, with only the world's greatest video games to keep us company and sustain us. We do eat the cartridges and discs once we're done with them. Mm. And we also rub oil on ourselves, too. (laughs) We cook our bodies with the oil. The Order of Gygus meets to decide the greatest video games ever made and which order they belong in. This is not funny. Nothing about this show is funny. This is a serious show. There'll be no jokes such as Toe Jam and Burl Ives? (laughs) None of that. (laughs) And there will be no hilarious sound effects such as yeah, wasn't sure if the sound channel was in the right place, but it was. It is with great pleasure I bring to the attention of the council Toe Jam and Earl. Toe Jam and Earl. Let me now introduce those members who dare take this challenge and with all the powers granted to them by Mother Gaia have made it their duty to talk about them intelligently. Mr. Jacques Maladou. I think my robe shrank. And isn't it magnifique? Mm-hmm. Michael Hearn. I feel my robe's too big. <laughs> Michael Hearn, we're about to kill some arms. Now, without much further ado, we bring you Toe Jam and Earl for the Sega Genesis, the 1991 classic. Toe Jam. Bedbird Earl. <laughs> More dead air. <laughs> That choir like, went away and then a funk band just yeah. came out. And when you hear it in the episode, it'll be very seamless, you know? Yeah. It's all like edited together. Right. Yeah. But I'll leave in dead air so it sounds like, what did, what did he mean by dead air? There's no dead air. I like the idea of you editing it so that everything Mahern and I say doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I just cut my own track. <laughs> so it sounds like two people having a weird conversation that doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Toe Jam and Earl, ladies and gentlemen. We bring yeah. you Toe Jam and Earl. We're excited to do this episode. It will cap off our Sega September, even though, like a fool, like a fool, gentlemen, oh. this will be releasing in October, which is not Sega September anymore. We're in the spooky Halloween month at that point. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like how Luigi's Mansion 3 comes out on Halloween, but you're kind of like. All right. Well, we're all gonna be playing it in November predominantly. Yeah. yeah I guess I'm gonna play. Yeah, I'm gonna play it all the way through on Halloween night. We're gonna be no, thank busy. you. Yeah. yeah. Dead in the way of my trick or treating. No. Yeah. No. Booigi. Yeah. Yeah. More like a Booigi. Yeah. More I'm, like a Booigi's mansion. Yeah. I'm going to um, uh, go trick or treating this year. What do you guys Ooh. think about mm, me doing that? Interesting. Get that candy. Yeah. Get, get that, that candy. candy. It's always uh, a grind for that candy. 
So, um, yeah, this is a uh, Sega Genesis classic. It is. Uh, it was made and uh, released in 1991. Uh, according to its own Wikipedia page, <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl is an action game developed by Johnson Forsanger Productions and published by Sega and the Sega Genesis console. Um, yeah, I think that... Um, think that toe jam and earl might be the second most like kind of popular franchise for the sega genesis outside of sonic what do you guys do you guys kind of agree Ooh. with that it's like it's like definitely in that camp of like second tier mascots yeah, for the like, console kind of classic characters yeah, like, iconic yeah mm, i i think so i mean who are the other i mean it's not like kid chameleon's really like selling tickets no no, no kid chameleon is not a household name like uh streets of Rage doesn't really have like an iconic character. To no, it's just kind no. of an idea. Alex Kidd is not uh, in, in everyone's I mean, mind. In a better world, Wonder Boy would be in the conversation, but he's kind sure. of not in the U.S. Uh, vernacular. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are better games. Yes, that's all right. Good. That's, <laughs> that's where <laughs> better I was. Games. Yeah, all right, good. But I think that like if I said Toe Jam and Earl, my dad or mom might go like, "Oh yeah, I, mean, I can't remember that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember that." Uh, it's sort of like uh, how Mario is a household name, but Zelda, most people kind of like, oh yeah, that right. too, yeah. And more and more that nowadays, well. yeah, is, yeah, that has kind of changed. But uh, yeah, Toe Jam and Earl is sort of like this uh, this flagship deal for the Sega Genesis, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't exactly go with the flow in terms of how we've kind of been talking about Sega in this way of it being fast or like. Or, uh, but it does go uh, in the direction of like cool and nineties, uh, yeah, 90s uh, cool. which makes it very fun to talk about for sure. But this game was released in nineteen ninety one. Uh, boys, hey boys, What's I up? gotta hear what was a little Michael Hearn and Jacques Molyneux doing in nineteen ninety one? Let's see. So I would have been in first grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was hard to do. I feel like in, even in, when we did Sonic two in ninety two, yeah. that was hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, I feel like okay. Here's an image I can create. I I was obsessed with the Oakland Athletics baseball team, and I had this like matching uniform of the pants and the shirt, and I would wear them all the time. And I also remember because my brother got the Metallica Black album. Oh, yeah. And uh, Enter Sandman was like the first song that I like loved. And I remember I copied it off the CD onto a tape, and I would walk around with my Walkman, just like listening to Enter Sandman and getting scared, honestly. Really? Because they would have that bridge where it's like, "Now I lay me down yes. to sleep," and it honestly like freaked me I out. I pray my key a soul to keep. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Very nice. Is that something? Is that something? Is that a joke or is it nothing? Yeah, it's just something. Uh, what's a little Michael Hearn doing in 1981? A four year old Michael Hearn. Let's yeah. think about it. Um, <laughs> yes, let's think about it long and hard. All right, take your time. Well, Genesis, I do recall a little bit of. Um, I do recall uh, having the bots with Altered Beast, so it came with it for sure. Um, and I did. I don't know when the Nomad came out. I remember playing a lot of my Genesis games portably on the Nomad system. Mm. What was the Nomad again? Yeah, explain. No, Nomad was like, yeah, it was a, it was almost portable like a Genesis. switch. Yeah, but it was a portable Genesis with a screen on it, sits buttons, and like battery pads that you could recharge. I completely forgot about this it's, thing. It was pretty interesting. It was kind of a, before its time, and I played a lot of my Genesis games there, uh, and it could also put it into a wall too. So sometimes there would just be. Posted up by Hearn had player. everything. I did, I did. Fancy uh, boy. So I, Fancy I was just living Hearn. up in my mansion in 1991, playing <laughs> yeah. Genesis and stuff. 
Uh, Mommy, I want another Genesis, but one that I can take with me. <laughs> Jeeves. She she immediately calls Sega and makes them develop the Nomad right, for uh, only Hearn. Oh, that's why I only have it, all right? Yeah. That. I, I've never even seen a Nomad. I had to get it back from home. Get it back from home. Get it back from home. Yeah. It should be portable enough, obviously. I was, uh, you know, I think I was, this was before memories, so uh, <laughs> this is like before memories started to develop, so Fair. I don't really know what I was doing. I think, I mean, I know that the Super Nintendo was my jam. I was jamming yeah. out on that. I was playing a lot of like, I remember Tetris for the Game Boy. Yeah. I remember uh, Space Invaders for the Game Boy. I remember Super Mario World. I remember going to sleepovers and hanging out with my friends. I remember going to karate class. Mm-hmm. Um, How old were you now? I was, let's see, if I was born in 87, I could have been either three or four, three or four, <laughs> depending. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I really wasn't doing sleepovers then, was I? No, probably not. Probably not. Mm. Uh, but definitely, you know, I was a scared little sensitive kid. I remember I'd see homeless people when we would drive by them. I'd just cry. Oh. Because I was so sad that they didn't have homes. I could like really in my mind. Where the, do they have sleepovers if they don't have homes? <laughs> yeah. Where's their Super Nintendo? Where's True. their Sega Nomad? Yeah. That's really adorable though. Yeah. I remember that like is. I was like, I, and to this day I can still do that thing where I like, I like, I'll see something to me that like looks like a tragic image and I can just put a story on it so fast that like probably is not even close to what that person right. is even going through. Like I remember one time I saw a woman at a, uh, at a grocery store it was like maybe 1202 or something. And she was like, clearly looked very tired. I think she was in scrubs. So she maybe just gotten off work mm-hmm. and she had like a DVD, which buying a DVD at a grocery store is like, you have lost yeah. your mind. <laughs> and, uh, and she had a bottle of wine. And I remember the cashier being like, ma'am, I'm sorry. I can't sell you this bottle of wine. Oh my God. And I remember her face just being like, are you sure? And, and then she was like, yeah, I'm sorry. And then she was like, I guess I'll just take the DVD then. <laughs> and you just know, like in my mm, mind, you know I, made everything. Th- I had made this whole story up where she like, all she looked forward to was her like one Friday night off where she could like have a glass of wine and like watch a DVD. And like, she just happened to get off too late and didn't even know what time it she was. She has no love in her life. <laughs> <laughs> But pining over the misfortunes of others was not all we were doing in 1991. Uh-uh, no, the world was going through all kinds of crazy oh, stuff. In um, so 1991, we have the Gulf Wars happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Operation Desert Storm mm-hmm. is um, uh, is is happening. Uh, do you guys remember Operation Desert Storm? I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The cost of living in 1991, um, yearly inflation rate, uh, USA, 4.0 numbers. Actually, do, can we say this? Though? I remember yeah. like seeing like uh, Desert Storm on TV. Right. Like you would, just, I remember just being a kid and just like watching like the flashing and the darkness of explosions. Yes. And just being like, not even being able to totally understand it, but being like, this is crazy. Yeah. It definitely yeah. set up a precedent for the rest of our lives where we would just be used to there always being a war. Right. Right. Or I think that. I mean, w- was there a pretty significant gap between Vietnam and and like our wars with the Middle East? 
I think there was like there was a rando like small thing. So I think that was the first big one since Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. It kind of sucks that we're always kind of at war. That yeah. we're always yeah. kind of have troops deployed. We're always kind of fighting something somewhere. Well, that's the new thing now. Is that we've now it's in eighteen years. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen. Yeah. This so. is a war podcast. We're here to talk about <laughs> wars and how we experience them. Well, how about the average cost of a new house in nineteen ninety one? Oh, tell me. It got to be at least half a million. A hundred and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. That's <laughs> when you when when you like watch an old school Hollywood movie. Like I watched Sunset Boulevard, and they said like the house on Sunset Boulevard cost thirty six thousand dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in the audience just trats up. And it's like, yeah, that sounds like a dream right now. Yeah, Seriously. the average income per year. What would you guys guess was the average income? At least eighty thousand, hundred thousand. <laughs> Hearn, you want to take a guess? Adjusted for inflation, probably. Um. I don't know, twelve thousand dollars a year. Wow, no, twenty nine thousand dollars. All right, much better. Um, average monthly rent. How much would you guess that was? Are we doing like a closest without going over <laughs> scenario? <laughs> yeah, you guys are winning uh, high top sneakers uh, after this. Two bags of straw. Two bags of straw. Okay, it was a uh, monthly rent was uh, four ninety five. Mm-hmm. What was the cost of a gallon of gas? Oh, a buck. A dollar twelve. Yeah. Nice. Bacon a dollar ninety five. Dozen eggs eighty five cents. Man, it's still pretty the, cheap. Yeah, bad. it's not that bad. Um, yeah, so let's get into some pop culture stuff. That's always fun. We don't necessarily want to talk about the Japanese typhoon uh, strike that killed like two hundred thousand people. Or do uh, we? Jeez, I don't even. It's like one of the things I don't even know about that. Uh, oh, in uh, nineteen ninety one, this is this is kind of a weird fact. Nine one one emergency number tested in U.S. northwestern cities. Hmm. So it didn't exist before then. Can you believe that? Nine one one wasn't always a thing. Interesting. Interesting. That's well, weird to think about. As public enemy would later say, nine one one is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, and as I would later say, nine one one was an inside job. True. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's your take on it. Are That's, we doing? Are you going to do over any music from nineteen ninety one? Because I think that. Oh yeah, we will go to this music. Cool. Uh, and here, and the first there's, time there's I there's the Toe Jam Earl soundtrack. Does uh, that definitely happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Freddie Mercury, lead singer of the band Queen, issues a public statement confirming he is stricken with AIDS, and the next day, he dies of complications. Wow. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah, it is. I didn't. I actually didn't know that until I read this just now. That like he does the press release and then dies Dies. the next day. You think maybe he knew he was doing it and he wanted it to get out into the public record so there would be a conversation about it? Because you imagine if he didn't do that, maybe his family would just be like, oh, he died of a heart attack or something. Right. Like it wouldn't be as well known. Yeah. It's it's interesting because he's like not like a, he's a gay icon because of the incredible music that he made. But like such a sad life that he was never like truly like happy. Didn't get a like, Yeah. it's really like, God, I hate the movie so much. But anyway, let's, let's yeah. go. <laughs> I mean, but it's like, that is a that is an incredibly sad fact of, I feel like, many young gay people yeah. before, I don't know, before all yesterday, the problems were solved. Yeah. Before, yes, before literally yesterday. Right. Yeah. Um, and still continues to be in most parts of the country. I was yeah. going to say, it's not exactly smooth sailing yet. No, it's definitely not. Uh, popular films True. of the time, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck. Hell yeah, right? Fuck. Fuck yeah, we're all high fiving right now. Yeah. Uh, Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're now we're like hugging each other and crying. <laughs> I Silence like, of the Lambs. Oh, very just like, good. Just like actually the best. Yeah. yeah that, uh, now we're just nodding solemnly. Like, yeah. yes. That's My true. secret favorite movie, Hook. 
came out that year. I did like that one a lot as a kid. I did too. I saw it multiple times in the theaters. I remember like my parents taking me because I just kept <laughs> begging them to take me. More hook, please. More hook, please. Uh, and I remember every time Rufio died in that film, mm. I would just pop such a huge bone. Every time he died in a film, he just died once. <laughs> uh, the Adams Family came out. But that's weird to think about. Like that film coming out the same time as all like Terminator Two. I would yeah. never put them in the same year. You don't think of it, but it does. Yeah, it has that nineties vibe. Uh, Adam Sandler is interesting because it has one joke that they do the like that the whole movie is based around. It's like, what if a family like hated each other in the same way that a family loves each other? Yeah. So they're always doing horrible things to each other, but they love it. Yeah. It's like, but it's like literally the game of every joke. I I I love the Adams Family. The movie Family values is way better. I think famously all the stuff at camp with the scenery is just like I know good when she lights that match. Uh. Oh, very boy. good, very good stuff. I love, I yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that movie. And Joan Cusack is, I think, a like she's an. T- speaking of icons, she's an icon. I think she was great in that film too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not enough sure. Joan Cusack out there. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need more. We need more. Lord. And not just like a minor role in a John movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want like ma- want starring major starring role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she was good in that. School of Rock too. Her. She was great in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jerry Maguire. No, I'm thinking of like Helen Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Yeah, you're thinking of Bonnie Bonnie Hunt. Hunt. Uh, Father of the Bride. Uh, Steve Martin edition. Beauty and the Beast. Disney edition. Backdraft. Beethoven. Mm -hmm. Thelma and Louise. Mm -hmm. That's a murderer's row of good films. A lot of good movies. There's a lot of good like blockbuster. A lot of auteur stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The music of the time. Um, I don't have anything like specific singles or albums, but. uh, oh, I guess like I have I have a few. So we have Pearl Jam, just in general, is yeah. doing good. Nirvana, in general, is yeah. doing was good. Nevermind, ninety one. Uh, ner- when was Nevermind? Mm, maybe. Was no, it was ninety two. Remember, because Smells Like Teen Spirit oh, okay. was our big yeah, single maybe it from was still, the Sonic. They were still building up there. Yeah, it rap. came out in ninety one, September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one. Ooh, I love mm. that. Uh, Queen was still yeah. very popular. Brian Adams with Everything I Do, I Do It For You <laughs> from the Prince of Thieves soundtrack. Awesome. Whitney Houston with All the Man that, I, back, that I Need. That was back when like movie soundtracks had like that one killer song that actually was a great song. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember like. Dr. Doolittle had always argued at somebody. Wait, that was yeah. on a Dr. Doolittle movie. But right. Who cares yeah. about that movie? That song is. Brilliant. I remember Mystery Men had uh, All Star by Yeah, Smash that's Man. right. Yeah, Mystery I remember Man. Godzilla had Come With Me by yes. Puff Daddy featuring Led Zeppelin. Which was the Cashmere cool. remix. Yeah. That <laughs> People so love that wild. soundtrack when I was in Come middle school. Uh, Michael Jackson with Black and White. Uh, we have Paula Abdul with The Promise of the New Day. And then we have, like, this is, a, of course, since it's the beginning of a new decade a new generation we have like all these weird crossovers where like nirvana is still a hit and van halen is still kind of a ah, hit. interesting isn't that weird it doesn't feel right doesn't feel right at all yeah. like van halen was dead yeah it's like boys to men and the clash yeah. are both popular oh. at the same time isn't that crazy <laughs> I, can't, I can't wrap my head around it that's weird it's too weird well are you going to go into hip-hop? Of uh, I mean, yeah, we have... Dude, uh, hop in. Yeah, hop in. Hop in. And, well, just hip-hop in. Straight up off of what my Twitch search is in the rhymes. Would you consider Metallica hip-hop? Mm-hmm. No, I would not. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, A Tribe Called Quest famously had... Famously. Famously had Low and Fury. Uh, Naughty by Nature had OPP. Ghetto Boys had Minds Playing Tricks on Me. Uh, Black Sheep had The Choice Is Yours. Uh, some Tupac, some stuff like that. 
Main source, Live at the Barbecue, featuring the first time we would ever hear of a little rapper called Nas. Ooh. Yeah, and Public Enemy was, of course, still going on. NWA was on their downfall, breaking up after uh, the first album. And Ooh. so Ice Cube... When did Ice Cube do his diss? That would be a good thing to know. No Vaseline? Yeah, no Vaseline when he shot back with that hot fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Vaseline... You know what's funny about the song OPP is that it's like in New Orleans, Orleans Parish Police is called OPP. <laughs> so as a kid, I remember hearing it being like, I thought rappers didn't like police. <laughs> being bewildered. But yeah, aw, they write, oh, but the homage of OPP and then you find out what it actually stands for. Didn't, I think they want like uh, Naughty by Nature had like a Grammy performance of that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just some good good tunes, 90s good tunes. Hip-hop. Classic 90s tunes, classic 90s hip hop, and which brings us to our two funky aliens mm. uh crashing down to earth Famously trying to funky. find desperately trying to find their spaceship Hopelessly parts. funky. Hopelessly <laughs> funky. Uh, a little game called Toe Jam and Earl for the Sega Genesis. Now we've gone over the Genesis extensively in other episodes and this month a lot. We really focused on it with the release of the Sega Genesis Mini that just kind of came out and uh, we have like the Sega Genesis collection on like Switch and PS4 and PC. There's a lot of Genesis going around. I'm literally staring at a Genesis controller right now. This little system was was the Nintendo killer of its day. It beat the shit out of Nintendo in the early 90s. It um, It really gave it a run for its money and it was able to do that with attitude, boys. Yeah. With its rad as fuck Attitude. With the campaigns of like Sega does what Nintendo don't. What Nintendo don't. With what its a, putting blood in Mortal Kombat what 2. What a backyard diss right there. Yeah. Backwards hats. Uh, backwards backwards hats. hats. Skateboards. Uh, backwards skateboards. pants. Backwards pants. Like Christmas. Um, and I feel like, you know, just like in the early, in, in the 90s in general, sports was also this thing that like also meant attitude too, yeah. right? So like. Just do it. It being that it was like a sports machine. Right. Like yeah. having True. basketball games. Games, having uh, hockey games, like the official stuff too, like the Maddens and the NHL and right. stuff like that. Right, and like the Super Nintendo was an uh, was probably the greatest nin- like console ever yeah. released. Maybe some would right. argue, but it just couldn't do some of the stuff that like was very flashy that mm-hmm. Sega yeah. could like really throw out there for sure. And uh, one of the things, one of one of the things that it was able to do was produce these two little fuckers <laughs> eating fucking <laughs> hot dogs. Little sons of bitches. These little sons of bitches, bitches. Uh, who were like I, I remember as a kid. When I found out what Toe Jam and Earl was, I was like, I have to know more. Yeah. Because they, it was like a cartoon I couldn't watch on TV. It was mm-hmm. sort of like yeah. how I viewed it. How did you, what are you guys' earliest remem- uh, memories of Toe Jam and Earl? Well, that's the thing. I never had it for the original Genesis, so I didn't get to experience it in its first iteration. But I knew of Toe Jam and Earl as just sort of like, yeah, that that whole campaign of Genesis, they were a face on it. They were definitely, mm-hmm. it was being pitched as like, this is the system where it's Sonic, where it's Toe Jam and Earl, where it's not, it's not your daddy's Nintendo. It's, no. If you're the kind of kid who lies to your parents about having done your homework, mm-hmm. you'll love Sega Genesis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was like, lie to your parents about doing homework and just play some Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> yeah. We, so, I owned it. Yeah. you. So you own the game. So you owned, yeah. I owned Toe Jam and Earl. And I remember nice. I got Toe Jam and Earl 2 for my birthday one year. But um, yeah, it was kind of just there. My I have two older brothers I always blabber about, but they we had it. Mm-hmm. So I always just like, I loved it. Um, what's funny is, just a, one second, is I told them about how Sonic 2 was like kind of disappointing in retrospect. Right. And they were both pissed. And then uh, <laughs> they were like, what, are you going to do shit on Toe Jam and Earl next? 
Oh, and I was like, I was like, God. funny you say that yeah. because that's the next one. That's the next, we're literally going to do you that. Yeah, out of your coward end. And this isn't like we we're not we're not here to do a hack job. No, 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 no. Because I think oh, we look back on both it. Sonic Two and Toe Jam and Roll very fondly. Yeah. But like with Sonic Two, you know, you kind of realize like this isn't Mar- Super Mario World. Like no. this isn't Yoshi's Island. This is a game that, for all of its quirks, still still sort of functions and lives in our minds as like nostalgia and has some like like highs and lows music being a super high yeah uh the gameplay being a kind of a, a low yeah it's um, it's like when i looked up uh, the wikipedia too it describing itself as a dungeon crawler helped unlock a little bit of what was going on it is this weird roguelike dungeon yeah. crawler yeah. but in a very genesis abstract way so yeah that's where it becomes kind of weird to play even now but it's it's interesting yeah it's mechanically yeah. interesting um, so yeah, Toe Jam and Earl's design was heavily influenced by the role-playing video game Rogue. Okay, yeah, um, straight it, up uh, a roguelike. Straight up, this might even be one of the first roguelikes. Right, in that like The game Rogue was this yeah. game that just was procedurally DOS, generated. Yeah, DOS, Atsy, Tetsed, uh, Dungeon Crawler, mm-hmm. where it's randomly generated dungeons, very blocky, sometimes secret fins, and then... I think the main thing, and this kind of carries over in Toe Jam and Earl, is that you don't know the rules of the world until you go out and play it and experience it. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't explain or hand stuff to you. Right. And that's like most, map. I think that's like most roguelikes. So, we yeah. talked about Binding of Isaac sort of while we were playing it earlier. We, yeah. t- we could talk about Spelunky. We could talk yeah. about, um, you know, uh, what was the late, the latest, greatest Dead Cells Dead roguelike? Cells, yeah. Enter the dun- Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon. Um, dungeon. So, so many. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a whole genre. It's a whole genre now, and it's a beloved genre now. But at the time, yeah. this wasn't. It was very everyone unpopular. Hated it. Everyone yeah, hated very it. Very PC centric too. And I don't know if everyone hated it if they had understood it. But this was yeah. not explained to people. I think right. well enough at the time. I didn't remember that it was actually procedurally generated. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just that wasn't something I was aware of. Right. Or that you could do something. Or that, like that. yeah yeah exactly that like level design would be random. It's not like a Mario where it's like world. Four or five or four free is always going to be this, right? Yeah, it's, uh, just like you, a gameplay will always change. Mm. It references and parodies 1980s and early 90s urban culture, and is set to a funk soundtrack. I think that's another thing. That's probably the thing that people remember the most fondly about the game, right? Yeah, is that it has got great fucking tunes. Yeah. It's got uh, these great, cool, like looking badass mascots. The attitude of it is very like. Uh, very chill. Like you kind of want to be Toe Jam and Earl yeah. when you're a kid, you know. Definitely. I still want to be Toe Jam and Earl. Seriously, Are you kidding I, me? I, there's something too about. I remember being a kid and like wanting a friendship like Toe Jam and Earl have. Like I think there was a lot of like, yes. like yeah. shows on TV where you wanted a friend. You want just wanted to be friends like the people in Rocket power were friends right, right? Yeah. yeah always got your back I I always got your back i honestly think like the aesthetic is flawless yeah. i think like the music the character designs the yeah. way they move everything is just like incredible and even the gameplay isn't like it services a very kind of chill vibe you yeah. know i didn't like it as a kid I like it much more now and mm-hmm. that like you kind of walk at a slow pace yeah. you kind of groove your way from thing to thing you're not supposed to it's not twitchy you're not supposed to like respond fast to anything no, no. you're supposed to sort of observe an enemy on the distance and sort of like like learn. how's that learn him like how's that what's that guy doing over mm-hmm. there you know yeah. uh, the game was positively received by critics who praised its originality soundtrack humor and two player co- cooperative mode it attained sleeper hit status despite low initial sales 
and its protagonists were used as mascots by Sega. Toe Jam and Earl was followed by two sequels, Toe Jam and Earl in Panic on Funkintron, which we kind of talked a little bit about. It completely wipes this idea of a roguelike out and becomes a 2D platformer. Yeah, and also by, it takes place on Funkatron, so everything's nutso. Yeah. As opposed to this one where it's like, they're nutso, and then the world is like... Kind of a weird, bizarro version. Of right. It. Now, I've never played this game. I've seen a little bit of it be played. Uh, Jock, did you like Panic on Bunkatron? I remember I like enjoyed it. I didn't like it as much. It felt more like a typical game, I'd say. Yeah. Whereas Toe Jam and Earl, the first one's kind of like its own bizarre thing. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, f- I feel like if I would have played Planet... Panic on Funkatron as a kid, I would have liked it more than original Toe Jam and Earl because I would have understood it immediately. Yeah, it would have been yeah. like, oh, I get the reference of this now more. Like, I understand how to play a platformer more quickly than I do a roguelite with its own rules. Right. I just, I just remember like the charm and design and humor of these games. Like, yeah. that's like the gameplay yeah. stuff I actually like kind of forgot. I think right. I think that makes sense though because that's like clearly the strength. It's right. style forward for sure. Yeah. And uh, Toe Jam and Earl Three: Mission to Earth uh, was yeah. released uh, for the Xbox, and that came mm. out in 2002. Weird. Uh, this is really kind of it's not a sad story, but like it was originally developed for the Dreamcast, and it, it like was even showcased on the Dreamcast. But then the Dreamcast famously died a horrible death <laughs> at the hands of the PlayStation Two. Yeah. And uh, all of Se- well, that was sort of the end for Sega, right? Sega when like PlayStation Two. Murdered it. They yeah. sort of murdered it and took a lot of its like first party games yeah. not, uh, along with them. So like Resident Evil Code Veronica became Resident Evil Code Veronica X That's... on the PS2. Um, and then what didn't go to the PS2 went to, uh, went to Xbox. Xbox is like, we'll take it. They oh. took everything. They took Shenmue 2. They took this. They took uh, oh, Panzer Dragoon. They took Knights. Uh, they took... Uh, Basically, Sega just started developing yeah, for the Xbox. Made mm. original games like Gun Valkyrie and stuff. For yeah. It too. yeah. And if you look at the Xbox controller, it's, it's not too crazy away yes. from the Dreamcast <laughs> controller. Jer- just for True. reference, Jeremy literally looked at I the Dreamcast I looked behind me at my own if Dreamcast controller. If you look at the Dreamcast yeah. controller. Especially because that one's black, so yeah. it's so easy to imagine yeah. that big have yeah. the same. That duke. They were like, what if we took the Dreamcast controller and made it even bulkier? Yeah, bulkier. And well, and they also add like the other thumbstick, which is crucial for Definitely, playing Halo. Yes. Um, the original Xbox to me is a, I would love, we need to do something with that system. Like I would love to That'd do a retrospective on the system. Oh, yes. and Jet Set Radio Future came That's also, true. and Sega GT. I have, I actually have that disc somewhere That's very right true. here. I heard you saying that Jet Set Radio Future was even better than Jet Radio. It is yes. so much better. It is never, really cool. I never played it. Yeah. Oh dude, we should turn it on. Uh, maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do another one of these, yeah, but for Jet, Jet Set, Set Radio, Radio Future. Cool. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, I'll say this, like, like, Jet Grind Radio is got charm. It's got the yeah. look. It's really cool, but it's it's really slow. Mm-hmm. If you Jet Set Radio Future fixes like the speed problem yeah. of it, so it becomes well, like this fast game where you're zipping around grinding, mm-hmm. and it's 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 just much more fun. There's a lot more to it, and the graphics are better because it's like yeah, the Xbox. Xbox was just better. Yeah. Right? Um. Yeah. So bah, 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 bah. there is a uh, those sequels were commercial and critical's uh, success was mixed on those. Yeah. So I think Planet on Funkatron is remembered sort of fondly. Toe Jam and Earl 3 is remembered not fondly yeah. at all. If, really. if remembered. Just got dropped. If yeah. remembered. Uh, in fact, I had to look up like, where did this even come out? I didn't, I didn't remember. Yeah. Um, but a fourth title without Ooh. Sega's involvement at all, Toe yeah. Jam and Earl back in the groove was released March 1st, 2019. Uh, thanks to a Kickstarter. Uh, and the Macaulay game- Culkin. 
and Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, that's Thank right. You. It was his like company that developed it, right? He was like, to... please bring back the nineties. Yeah. Please bring back the because that's where he lives. If if we bring back the nineties, his blood stays warm. <laughs> um, oh, all right. So the series creator founded the other company that did. It. I was about to ask who did it, and it just is the old people who did it. Yeah. And I've seen playthroughs of it. It looks just like to, like a the first updated one. Flash version of Toe Jam. Tolkien is a producer. Hell yeah, he is. That's why there's so many. That's why that's why Toe Jam and Earl now, um, whenever they uh, put on uh, uh, shaving aftershave, they yeah. scream. Mm, that's yeah. why mm-hmm. all the pizzas are cheese pizzas. All the pizzas are cheese pizzas. Um, so. Uh, that was sort of our brief, our sort of broad introduction of the game. Um, I would like to uh, now immediately jump into the synopsis because it's something we have not talked about, but uh, I really want to read this from the Wikipedia. It was a lot of fun to do last time. I love games that clearly don't have a story, but like Wikipedia or people on the internet put stories on them, or maybe it came from the manual. Yeah. Toe Jam and Earl has been called a surreal comic satire and a daringly misanthropic commentary on earthly life. No, it is not. It is not misanthropic. Really? I got all of that from that. I, love I was like, wow. What get, is like- guys, get ready for these next two sentences. Toe Jam is red and has three legs. Earl is fat and orange. <laughs> True. Toe Jam wears a large gold medallion and a backwards baseball cap, while Earl is marked by high tops and oversized sunglasses. That's Both true. outfits are over-the-top appropriations of 90s urban culture. Their speech features California slang. The game like is set to a sound like hmm. huge. The, se- yeah, the, the game is set to a soundtrack, which has been described both as jazz funk and as hip hop. For the game's unique sound, composer John Baker was inspired by Herbie Hancock yeah. and the Headhunters. Here that kind of makes sense. That checks yeah. out for sure. The that sound chip yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the game's opening sequence, Toe Jam explains that Earl's erratic piloting abilities have resulted in a crash landing on planet Earth. He says they must find widely scattered pieces of their spacecraft's wreckage to return to their home planet of Funkotron. Mm-hmm. The player guides the characters as they avoid Earth's antagonistic inhabitants and search for the debris. Should the player succeed, the final sequence depicts Toe Jam and Earl escaping the planet in their reconstructed spacecraft. Under the player's control, the characters proceed across a purple landscape that represents Funkotron and are greeted by their friends and family. Oh, that's Aww, nice. That sounds I like great. That. Yeah. that theme is yeah. all about togetherness. I really would like to see that part Me of it. <laughs> Maybe I'll look it up like a, on a U play or something. Yeah. yeah. Let's play. Um, yeah, that sort of wraps up the synopsis. I did. I was hoping for a little bit more of a story in there, but uh, I mean, there really the isn't. Story, there yeah. really isn't much. It's funny is they're just like, Toe Jam blames Earl for the plane crash. It's yes. Like, Actually, we watch Earl crash the plane. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we saw it happen. We saw yeah. Earl just cockily like raise his eyebrows. He turns to camera yeah. and says, "Like, look what I'm about look, to do." Yeah, and then crashes I'm the about plane. to tr- ruin our lives. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, let's get into the gameplay of Toe Jam and Earl. Um. Mm-hmm. This is something that I think is probably I don't know. I. It's weird. It's like we kind of talked about it being a roguelike, but yeah. so what are we actually doing though? We're in a top-down sort of isometric yeah. layout. Right. We're uh, one or two players, and mm-hmm. uh, if you are playing as two players, we found this out earlier, and you do uh, like lose each other, then it will turn into split a screen. split screen type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you are collecting presents and other items on the map, and these presents will help you. So what are some yeah. of the items you can get? You well, get tomatoes. You can throw at bad guys. Slingshot. Spring shoes. Slingshot, spring mm-hmm. shoes. Wings. Yeah. Sometimes Wings. you get food that you can share, and uh, sometimes you get uh, 
togetherness, which was a very important item to us, where if we get lost or you're closer to the AIDS than me, then I can just teleport to you. Yeah. You also can get bad items. Yeah. yeah. Bad items. Like you can get a thunderstorm that'll just like a cloud that'll follow you and electrocute you. All right. That's and then cool. Tomato rain where it rains just tomatoes that attack you. Yeah. Um, you can get moldy food, which I think hurts yeah. your health a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, honestly, guys, I wish I had a togetherness box for you too. Aww. Where I could just open it and be with you and land on top of <laughs> without us. prompt, <laughs> without prompt, just land directly on top Ow. of you wherever you are at. Um, yeah, and so a lot of the items I think help with traversal too. So like, there's yeah. water. We found some quicksand. I'm sure there's other stuff. The speed shoes. Speed shoes help you run from yeah. enemies. Uh, you can get a little uh, floaty that helps you uh, glide across water. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, there's other and you don't know a slingshot. Slingshot. Yeah. You don't know what bots has what until you open it up for the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's the wings or what do they call them? The, the Icarus wings. Icarus wings, wings where you can fly over like uh, that's a really fun item. That's a yes. really fun item. Yeah, and it makes no, you feel like way more powerful than yeah. you should in this game. Yeah. But it's cool. I like when games do that where they give you something and you're like, oh, is this too much? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like a good feeling. In that's games. like a Mega Man thing. I feel yeah. like where yeah. suddenly you get like, I have all the powers, mm-hmm. and you can just like fucking blow through Wiley. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a slow game, though, and For progress sure. is slow, and because it's randomly generated, you can actually mm-hmm. go a long time without pr- actually progressing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't, don't, I don't know if I love that. No, it's a little it. slow. When I was, I was, I think I said this earlier, but when I was playing it on the Sega collection for Switch, I was like, sometimes we just press the fast forward button mm. and control it, and I could just like quickly move through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that's that is definitely more ideal. It's a vibe game. I feel like it's it a is. game that's like all about like living in this vibe more right. than it is like you're saying like a twitchy game where you're like trying to get through things and Yeah. yeah. It's weird because I think we play a lot of video games so it's like us getting lost in a game is something we don't have a ton of patience for and right. us feeling like we're not actually doing anything is sort of weird. Mm-hmm. I think that's like my hang up with most roguelikes in general is that yeah. it can feel like I'm if it's if the game isn't designed the it tuned to my sensibility, then it could feel like I'm doing a lot of things for no reason. Like Binding of Isaac kind of doesn't feel like I progress very often in that. Right. It's also like imprecise because you can know the rules to a T, but because everything's so random, it might not add up to your favor anyway. You might not have all the items you need. You might be in a sticky situation. Uh, This one we didn't get too lost in, but it still was like that thing of, yeah, one false move, we might have to restart or we might have to like figure it out. Yeah. I was playing earlier and I just got hit by like two tornadoes and dropped down uh, two levels and I was like, do I stop playing? <laughs> yeah. You can also like level up in the game. So it doesn't have like That's RPG true. elements to it, but I don't know. What does the leveling up actually I, do it, for It ups you? your health bar. I was about to oh, say, great. like I think maybe just stamina and stuff like that. Uh, can we talk about the level up system? Oh yeah. I love it so much. You yeah. start from wiener. <laughs> you, so you are Toe Jim or Earl yes. the wiener. Toe, yeah. It tells you your name. It, it, it has a very interesting thing. It's not just your name Toe Jam and Earl or whatever. It's Toe Jam is a wiener. And <laughs> yeah. then, then you upgrade to Toe Jam is a doofus. Then what was it? It was Point Dexter, Peanut. And then the latest one I got to was Dude. So I don't know where you go from there because honestly, the hierarchy really doesn't make sense, as Jacques pointed out um, when we were playing. And yeah, it's just a funny like instead of it's just fitting to the vibe too. instead of like, oh, you're level one, you're level two or whatever. It's straight up just like, you know, you're start at wiener and you can go up to at least dude. Yeah. It's like I know there's rap masters. One of them. Rap master. I would love to be a rap master. It's like a a dream. 
Yeah. Mm. I think um I think Yellow King would be good. <laughs> From True Detective. You get up to Yellow King status. <laughs> sure. Especially for Earl. Yeah. Especially for Earl. He's already there. He's yeah. a big orange guy. Um Trojan could be a red dwarf, you know? Red, red dwarf. dwarf. Like a like a BBC comedy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. And I think uh, there are really no bosses, but enemies, enemies do uh, get worse and worse as you, as you get tougher. Uh, pretty soon you'll be facing all kinds of weird convoluted psycho type looking things like ducks that have uh, army helmets on. I saw them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, it starts from just like enemies you want to run into on a dark alley, like a red demon that pokes you, and then it yeah. builds up to like they have more specific ways to get at you. Yeah, like the tornadoes are obvious. There's the hula hoop lady that makes you stay in one place. There's mm-hmm. a cupid that fires arrows, and because you're in love, you're doing everything backwards. <laughs> As you do when you're in love. Yeah, as you do it's when fun. you're in love. I like yeah. that's a good logic though. That, that's yeah. a good logic. I do. Um, it, it's interesting. Like I feel like a lot of games took from Toe Jam and Earl. Like a lot of '90s games took from them. Uh, specifically, Zombies Ate My Neighbors is one yeah, that like top-down shooter. It's like With a top silly down, enemies. Silly enemies silly that enemies. get progressively weirder and worse yeah. as the game goes on, and are kind of spread out in the map in a similar way. Um, I don't know if Zombies Ate My Neighbors is procedurally generated maps, but I definitely know that those levels are so large and daunting yeah. that it can feel like you yeah. never really get the hang of it. Do you, what do y'all think about, like, do you think Undertale like this game? I was yeah. Thinking, I could see a little Ooh. bit. I feel like he's got some Earthbound. It's got some yeah. few others. But I felt like in some of the, like, charming bad yeah, guys. Some of the yeah. level design like look. Definitely yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I think for sure it was it was a consideration. And, and I think, you know, it probably also was a consideration when doing earthbound too yeah i think i think it was yeah it was like part of like the conversation of like look at how charming and cool this game is and i think it actually like and i keep i feel like i keep saying it but they just actually made good choices in this game like in terms of its like aesthetic decisions and its humor like it's all good there's nothing Mm -hmm. they do that's like embarrassing or like feels like yeah it does cringy right it's still like it's still fun yeah it's very fun it's a throwback it's a throwback for sure, and uh, and uh, we enjoyed the hell out of playing it earlier with each other. I think, uh, yeah, if you if you want to um, uh, if you want to watch us play the game and hear us do a little uh, commentary over that, you can uh, click on the link uh, in the show notes uh, below. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, I kind of want to go through like some of the reception of the game, sure, and then. Um, and then a little bit of its legacy, and we can pretty much hit eject. Uh, the development of, of the game, just briefly, t- just briefly touching on that, uh, the creator, Craig, Greg Johnson, who I think is now, who founded that studio, who did uh, yeah. Back in the Groove. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, so he was he was a fan of Rogue, and he developed some games for EA, uh, Starflight and Starflight 2, uh, before Toe Jam and Earl. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea was a combination of Rogue's gameplay concepts and a lighter version of Starflight's science fiction themes. Uh, yeah. So um, Johnson met programmer Mark uh, Vorsanger, like kind of like Voorhees, but uh, Sanger. So it's like uh, Brian cool. Singer and <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Two great monsters. Two big monsters. Yeah. So, yeah. The game's small development team was composed by Johnson's previous colleagues, and the music was composed by John Baker. The team's goal was to make a humorous game that was original, easy to understand, and offered an immediate response to the player's actions. I think they got original, right? <laughs> I don't know. If easy to understand is 
quite I mean, if you right compared to Road, probably a little bit, but yeah, for a normal gamer playing like Genesis games, this from like Sonic is going to be confusing. I think right. One thing I'll say is I like how clearly in the intro, Toe Jam's like. We just have to find their 10 pieces of our yes. rocket ship. I do like do that. I do like point. that. Yeah. yeah. But it's if very you, clear. But but he, uh, like a design choice that they could have made that would have made it much more clear is if in the very first area you found a ship piece. That's right. Fair. Because then it's like, oh, I need to collect more of these as opposed to silence yeah. for right a long right time. Right not under- fourth level. Yeah. Yeah. Not understanding when I'm going to get these pieces. For sure. um, the designers wanted to include a two-player mode so that they could play together and consider Toad Jam and Earl a two-player game with a one-player option. Se- uh, while Sega believed that the hardware issues would prevent the feature from working, Vorsanger successfully implemented it. I would say he did. It's very yeah. actually seamless. It worked. Yeah, you commented on yeah. it earlier. The yeah. splitting screen can be like, it takes like a second to do, so it, it's a little jarring, but then you just get back into it. I think it's probably one of the more successful co-op games I think so Genesis it's it's also like one of these games that I I love when it's like co-op must almost yeah Mm -hmm. you know where you're like you can do it but it's like way better to do yeah it's way better to strategize to split up and cover more ground that's kind of the story with the Genesis in general too where like Streets of Rage is like way more fun with another person right again another playground disc no friendo which Mm -hmm. Nintendo was the single player system and Genesis was the party system Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's, I love games that were developed that way, and like you know, oh yeah, Contra's like way easier when you play two players. Yeah, like these right. games are like way easier when you play two players. Mm-hmm. Um, Toe Jam and Earl received positive reviews. Uh, uh, Bill Paris of UGO described as almost unanimous critical acclaim, which is pretty good. Uh, the game built a cult following through word of mouth and was further aided by the Sega Genesis. Christmas 1991 sales spike caused by the release of Sonic the Hedgehog. So they everything kind of what's good for the goose is good yeah, for the gander, right? Think, in yeah, this, in this case. Um, but I do think that that is fun. That it like it's like word of mouth, like playground mouth is like what yeah. got yeah. this game sort of spread around. Um, mean Machines found the game addictive and original, but found fault with its slow paced combat. So sure, are we Mean Machines? Because we mean agrees. I feel like they like it wouldn't have hurt the game if they gave you like a throwing tomato thing in general. In just in general, yeah. Just like in general, if you had like one little more gameplay move, it would have been nice. True. Yeah. As much as I do like a non-violent, yeah, protagonists, they end up giving it to you later anyway. So it's like just give it to us from the beginning. Yeah. I also wonder. Just it never clarified how you level up, like what you do to traverse the game that makes you level up. So I don't know if attacking enemies is even worth it if you can just avoid them oh for sure yeah and as we saw with the big girls slow sneak that's a fun sneak that is a fun sneak yeah yeah what would you rather throw a tomato or watch her all do that you could consider it a pretty early stealth game then Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i do and i do Mm -hmm. oh i say this is better than metal gear solid oh that's true and i then i stand by that wow sneak doesn't look as cool no um solid earl what about sneak king (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what about uh, Snake uh, for Nokia phones? Ooh, is that a thing? That's, that's better. A is that a joke? Game, that's yeah. a serious. That, I, I could talk about that one on a serious show. Toe Jam and Earl became one of Sega's second tier mascots alongside Sonic <laughs> and one of the Sega Genesis's uh, key exclusive franchises. I love how insulting second tier yeah, mascot is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's still a mascot. You're still representing us. You just, yeah, you're not going to be able to upstage Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. You can't. Uh, you can demand less money for appearances. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're a 
you're more of a Clarabelle cow, not a Mickey Mouse. Uh, <laughs> the characters appeared in spin-off light gun game Ready Aim Tomatoes. Yeah, the Menacer <laughs> for uh, Genesis. Oh. I had that. Yeah. Developed by Johnson Vorsinger Productions uh, as one of six mini games for the yeah. Menacer six game cartridge. I've That's right. That. What the hell is the Menacer? I had it. That was the light gun too. for the Genesis. And yeah. It was big. It was bulky. It had like. Uh, it was like almost a cannon, almost the way it was. Yeah. Raised. Did it work? Is it kind of like the super scope? Yes. It's exactly. It like was, that. Uh, yeah, the sitting bit done of it. It was, it had its moments. I think the super scope sits was the only, like, I think that's the main thing. Like, oddly enough, the super scope sits probably had more games. I think yeah. Menacer, like, had maybe a couple things. Terminator 2, the arcade game, was one of them. Mm. But other than that, I think it was pretty limited. I, th- I think the one I had didn't have that. It had Pest Control, which I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Space Re- Station Defender, Whack Ball. And Whack Ball. Rockman Rock Zone, Frontline, and Ready Aim Tomatoes. <laughs> Rockman Zone, is that Mega Man? Hmm. Curious. Yeah, it's curious now. Uh, but yeah, that was like a... I don't think so, because in that game you shoot criminals. Okay. Well, I would argue that a lot of the things you're shooting in Mega Man are criminal. True. Wow. They're criminals against humanity. <laughs> uh, but what a little I remember of the tomato game is, yeah, you're shooting tomatoes at Tojaminero or at, and maybe you're shooting them at aliens then. But I would never shoot a tomato yeah, at Tojaminero. I, I know. Unless if they had an open mouth and they wanted to eat yeah. it. Yeah. And then I shoot <laughs> it in their me. open mouth. Unless yeah. they had a mouthful of pasta and needed sauce. Right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, shoot it into my uh, pasta, my pot. I need shoot it into my pasta bowl. I need some sauce. (laughs) That's a game idea. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, yeah, but I think I mean I think that honestly, just about does it for Toe Jam and Earl. I mean. It's a, it's sort of this like this classic throwback sort of retro feeling game that you can definitely go back to. It's not like one of these sixteen bit license games where like you, it's like not even worth like looking at. Right. This is definitely something you could play. Yeah. I could see like, you know, if you have a kid and you wanted to like like introduce your kids to like sixteen uh, bit games, you could easily do. Is that it? Let me see. Yeah, that that's one. Ready Aim Tomatoes. Ready Aim Tomatoes. You are shooting at aliens or or not aliens at uh, humans. Totally, you're on Earth. Oh, that's fun. Oh, and it's like all the enemies from Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. I saw the ducks with the hats. Yeah, so it's very like a more cool. classic old arcade light dinner. That's very cool. Yeah, I remember the Super Scope pretty much worked. Yeah. <laughs> Did this? How was the Menacer? I'm Did sure it? it was the same thing. Yeah, where it just kind of worked. Yeah. Um, great, yeah. So, I mean, uh, for real though, as if we are going to put a definitive period on Toe Jam and Earl, do you guys have any last thoughts? I like it. Yeah. I actually thought it was still like pretty fun. It's too slow. Unfortunately, right. but like, I really just think the vibe of the game is like an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think the most fun of it was the collaboration of the strategies of it, where it is you and a friend figuring out this world, figuring out what presence yeah. do what and when to use it. I think without that, it might be a little more frustrating, but as is, like, it kind of was like a cool, chill game to play and like figure out. Um, yeah. And, but yeah. without it, I get how it's like a little more dated. Yeah. yeah. And with that, I feel like, do you, do you guys mind if I put my robe back on? Please. Yeah. My my robe? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just going to. Oh, yes. Like it was. I'm doing my best James Mason impression. And he's he's got his leg up on a chair where it's like the robe is dangling in this kind of uncomfortable <laughs> way. Oh yes. Toe Jam and Earl. 
You have been thoroughly cleansed. We've washed your little butt. We've washed your little balls. We're ready to put you on the shelf. Uh, so, uh, Michael Hearn, Jacques Maladou, yes. uh, we have here uh, on our on our on our wall we have a copy of Earthbound, Resident Evil, and Sonic the Hedgehog Two. Uh, I believe the order is Resident Evil, Earthbound, Sonic Two. Where would Toe Jam and Earl go in this order? Would it go? Is it the worst of the four? Is it the worst or is it the second worst? I think it goes above Sonic 2 and below Whoa. Earthbound. I think I agree. Really? I'm more of a Sonic 2 man. Oh, a you, two man? you think yeah. you think Toe Jam goes below Sonic 2? Yeah, I do. Here's, here's my argument against that. Sonic the Hedgehog, there's just Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl, you have two characters. Yeah. But in Sonic Wait a minute. Two, no, because you have Tails. Um, you can't play as Tails prower. in Sonic 2. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. It's a two-player game. You didn't put it hand to controller. No, that's a two-player game, isn't it? Yeah. Sonic 2? I think so. It looks like this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you... I thought, I thought that was the whole deal. I mean, that's not necessarily my argument oh, for why Sonic 2 is better. You can't fly. You can't fly. But you, oh, no, you can't fly is But the you thing. can fly in Toe Jam and Earl when you get the Icarus wins. Yeah, you're right. No, you can play Yes. Uh, Don't I mean, find me. I take it all back. I mean, okay, I, but I'd still think I'm it, outvoted. I, I mean, I because here's my thing. Sonic Two was uh, a total bitch to play. <laughs> yeah, it just was like <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would have stopped if it wasn't for doing the podcast. Right. right. <laughs> Toe Jam was sort of more of a delight. It was more fun for a bit. Maybe I just think that because we did it together, and that's yeah. Fun. And that's they fun. both have great soundtracks. Well, Sonic 2's soundtrack really was like yeah. unbelievable. But we all agree it's not better than Earthbound, right? Right. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. We all agreed that. I'll agree yeah. With that. Yeah. So then I believe I'll live it with it being above. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, there will be games under Sonic. Too. I'm holding a knife at Hearn as he <laughs> says, like I agree, it's above. Do it, put it above. <laughs> as it remains, Toe Jam and Earl will be the third greatest right. game ever developed of all time. Of all time. <laughs> this is number three of all time. Until we do another game, something in October, maybe a spooky game. Ooh. Maybe we do Silent Hill Two. I've been thinking about that. Maybe. Until next time, Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, stay. No, that's not what I want to say. Say, oh, that was good. Fuck. That was good. You do it. You sign us out. So, until next time, Mushroom Kingdom. Stay funky. Stay. Stay.